in the, the, the Gospel of John, we've been walking through it, you know, in the heading of, of all my messages, I've got down, he's the living expression, and I got it out of the Passion Translation of, of Gospel of John, first chapter, first verse, it says, in the beginning, the living expression, doesn't that just sound good? Jesus, what was he? He was the living expression from heaven. People don't know who God is. You ever find out in today's world that people just don't have a clue about who God is? You know, they think all kinds of crazy things about him. But, but Jesus came to show us what God is like. And, and it says, in the beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. And, and, and that was John 1.1 in, in Passion Translation. That's what Jesus came to do, is just show us what God is like, to show us who he is. So in John 10 is, is where I'm, um, I'm at this week. And I know uh, we've, we, I've had this message for about three weeks, and we've just done different things. We, we, you know, we've done things, you know, we, we never always to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, I know we had one week where we just sat and, and, and we worshiped, and we just hung out in his presence. And then we had a week, last week, you know, I just felt totally stirred, you know, the day before Sunday, I guess, what is that, Saturday, you know, just to go a different way. And we did. But today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to get out what, what God gave me a few weeks back. You know, I think any week I would have preached it, it probably would have come out different, but it'll come out today the way it's supposed to come out. So in John 10, there's, a, there's a, uh, an expression of Jesus that, that I want us to catch today. He says this, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Just let that sink in a minute. You know, what, what's your thoughts about Jesus? Today, you know, we talked about God, you know, and running up to him like he's, you know, your, your loving daddy and, and, and throwing your arms out and letting him catch you and all this. What's your, what's your impression of Jesus? What do you think of when you think of him? Usually most people are pretty cool with Jesus. But, but here's something that, he, that John brings out about him and what Jesus said about himself. He says, I'm the good shepherd. And he says, and I know my sheep and am known by my own. Do you hear that? So in this, in this whole thing here, Jesus is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. And, and he says, I know my sheep. Do you know that Jesus knows you? He knows you by name. Now, I might fumble at your name. Give me time. Give me grace. I work at it. But Jesus knows your name. And I like this. It says, and I, I am known by my own. There's something about it when you're born again, when you're part of this sheepfold. When you're born again, you know Jesus. You know him. You know who he is. You know, when people say things that don't really match who he is, Something in you goes, yeah, that's not right. That's not right. You know, um, it says, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And he says, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And, and that's, I believe that's talking about you and me, the Gentiles. He was on his ministry, you know, when he was here on the earth, he was speaking primarily to the Jewish people. And we're of that other fold. A lot, most of us, maybe there's some Jewish people here, I don't know. But uh, he says, uh, I have other sheep that are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's where we are today, folks. 
There's one shepherd, one good shepherd, that's Jesus. You know? Uh, he's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's not an Australian shepherd. Although I like Australian shepherds. They're cool. Okay? But Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd. So, you know, it's one of the strongest types, really, in both the Old and New Testament, is this picture of, of God, of Jesus, as this good shepherd. I want to read this. I couldn't help but read this this chapter in Psalm 23. It says this, and this is a living chapter, guys. This isn't just for funerals. This is for living life on earth today. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides still waters. He restores my soul. Anybody ever needed their soul restored? He's a restorer of your soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that amazing? Well, there's a lot of directions you could go with the shepherd. I'm, I was looking back, man, it was back in about 2007, I think I did about eight weeks, we talked about him being our shepherd. But the one thing I want to zero in on this morning, I think is just, it's just crucial for every believer, for every sheep, to know this. And that is this, that, that you can know his voice. Okay? He's so personal that you can know his voice. And you say that, you know, and some people say, of course. <laughs> Could it be any other way? But other people, maybe for different reasons, maybe think, well, could I really know his voice? Could I be assured of it? I want to tell you this morning, you can know his voice. You're his sheep. He's the good shepherd. Aren't you glad he, he's called the good shepherd? He's not a mean shepherd, you know? He's the good shepherd. There's been enough mean in the world the last few years. I feel like a can of mean was opened up a couple years ago and it kind of went on, you know, not, not anybody here, but, uh, you know. Anyway, somebody, probably from Iowa or something, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> not Iowa, no, Jody, no, 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 sorry. <laughs> New York, oh, yeah. You know, you talk long enough Eventually, you put your foot in your mouth. <laughs> it's important to keep your shoes clean. Anyway, sheep know his voice. So I, I, I read this. I've read this a, a number of times over the years, but, but there was this group of shepherds. It was in the Middle East, and, and this is more modern day. Five or six shepherds get together, and they eat lunch. And while they do that, their flocks intermingle and, and, you know, sheep are hanging out. They're kind of like we were on, on, on Friday night at the ice cream social. We all just kind of hung out. Did you guys, if anybody there, did you watch the kids? Were they amazing? I, not just because I have a grandson, 
because there was many kids there, but they were just having the best time. I loved it, just rolling around in the grass and staying clear of the poison ivy. And anyway, or anyway, he was. They were doing. They're having fun, and so these sheep, they were kind of like that. They hung out. They, 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 they ran around with each other. They tangled up and all this stuff. But when when lunch was was over, each shepherd stood up and had a different call. One of them gave a whistle and. One of them gave a, maybe a yodel, I don't know. Anybody yodel? Anyway, uh, they, 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 they gave a different sound. And you know that the, the sheep from the flock, they all recognized the shepherd. And as the shepherds went their way, the sheep followed. You know why? Because sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Dana gave me this a few maybe a month ago, and it was just a comparison between God's voice and, and the devil's voice. And, and it goes like this. God's voice stills you. Satan's voice rushes you. God's voice leads you. Satan's voice pushes you. God's voice reassures you. Satan's voice frightens you. God's voice enlightens you. Satan's voice confuses you. God's voice encourages you. Satan's voice discourages you. God's voice comforts and calms you. Satan's voice worries you. God's voice convicts you. But Satan's voice condemns you. You know, God, it seems like God is never early, but he's always on time. He's always on time. And, and in the waiting time, sometimes there can be other voices out there. But I'm telling you, we sheep, we know his voice. We know his voice. Wait for his voice to be clear as you're walking out life. Okay, you hearing me today? Wait for his voice to be clear. And, and you're talking to somebody, I, 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 I need to be on the move most of the time. You know, it's hard for me to just, you know how hard it is for me to do a wedding and stand right here and not walk around, say something that's kind of, you know, predetermined. Oh, it's tough. Those are one of my toughest challenges. So to, you know, it's a, there's a great joy in it too. But, but uh, I need to be still sometimes. And wait on God. We were praying the other day. You know, there were a number of things were, were coming. You know, we were hearing people's going through, people going through things and just some things were weighing on us. And sometimes there, there can be like the cares of life kind of creep up on you. And so we just, Dane and I, we both said, we just need to pray right now. Folks, that's, that's what you do when that stuff happens. It, it's not that you're weird. It's not that you're a failure because cares try to come on you. But what do you do with them when they come? Okay? So we, we, we began to pray. And, and, you know, we were walking around the house praying. And we were praying in tongues and just, just you know, calling out on God. You know? Sometimes a, a scripture will come and we'll, we'll, we'll speak it out, you know. But, but, but I got to a point where where I, I noticed this, that without saying anything, both Dane and I sat down in different places, you know, in our living room, and, and we just sat there and we were quiet. 
And I had to tell my flesh, now get down, flesh, because my flesh wants to be doing. But it was like, no, just sit and let God be God. Listen to him. Still your heart. Still, no, he better here. Still your mind, Paul. Still your mind. Down, Paul, down. Wait on God. Wait on God. You know, as you're, as you're, um, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Luke 15, let's look at that quick. Talking about Jesus is the good shepherd. You guys okay out there? A familiar story, Luke 15, 1. It says, Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. The Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And then he, when he's found it, he lays on his shoulder rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. And I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Two things I just wanted to say about this. Well, again, Jesus is the good shepherd. That wasn't one of the things. But why, why doesn't the shepherd just call the sheep? Because, you know, we know he hears his voice. But here's the thing about sheep. When they get out there and they get lost, you know what happens to them? They get paralyzed. And many times they'll, they'll, they'll sit behind a bush or something and just sit there frozen, really in fear. Okay? And what happens then is they become easy prey for any predator that's after them. Okay? So what does Jesus do? He goes out and finds the one who's lost, who's in fear, who's paralyzed, and brings him home. I love that picture. Puts him up on his shoulders and carries him in. I think my grandmother it was that, that had a picture of Jesus doing that. It wasn't a real picture, but, but a, a simulation of Jesus carrying that sheep in. I think, wow, what a picture to have. All right, that's one thing I wanted to say. That's why Jesus goes out and finds the one. The others are cool. He leaves them because the one is, is trapped in fear. Do you ever get trapped in fear? Do you ever get out on your own and just get paralyzed? Jesus is looking for you. He's coming after you. The other thing I wanted to point out, if you're reading this story and you're using your imagination Know this, that you are the one that Jesus came after, okay? You're the one. In this story, you are the one. I'm not saying you're the one in fear. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying Jesus left everything to come after you because you're important. He's a good shepherd. All right. Let me talk for just a couple minutes about the leading of God. Colossians 3.15. See, we're living in a day where it is so important that we know we're his sheep, that we know he knows our name, that we know we hear his voice, okay? The voice of God brings comfort. It doesn't bring confusion. You know, that's something that'll help you a lot if you'll know that. God speaking to you is not bringing confusion. So if you had a dream and 
your mind is going, what did that mean? Ah! And believe me, I've had dreams that have helped me. But if you had a dream and you don't have any idea what it is and it's brought you confusion, put it on the shelf. Okay? He doesn't bring confusion into your life. When Joseph was used in the Old Testament, you know what he did? He gave the interpretation of the dream. Even the, the king, who the pharaoh, was a pharaoh, I think they called him, right? Who, who, to my knowledge, didn't even know God. He had a dream that was from God, but he didn't understand it. He, he, but he moved heaven and earth to bring someone to him that could bring him clarity. God is going to bring you clarity. When you don't have clarity, just hang tight. Hang tight. So Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. I know the, the, the word there, uh, rule, is the same word we might use for umpire. Umpire. So peace is like an umpire in your heart. It shows you what's right and wrong. Somebody was calling us this week with a, a decision they had to make. And, and, you know, sometimes you can give people logical choices and decisions. But ultimately, you know, and I did my best. I didn't know exactly what they should do or not either. But I said this, do not ever violate your heart. And do what you have peace doing, okay? Don't step outside of that place. 40, Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Hearing the voice of God, knowing the voice of God, recognizing the voice of God, be still and know that I'm God. Acts 15.28, I like the way it says this. This has always spoke to me in, over the years. This is what, what they said. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. What are you talking about, Pastor? What in the world? Sometimes when you're hearing the voice of God, I've described it this way in my own life. It just seems right. It seems good. And I see this, the apostles using this terminology. He says, it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Following him is going to seem right. It's going to seem good on the inside. Galatians 1, 6 through 9. In following God and in being a sheep that hears the voice of the good shepherd, don't make this stuff hard. You know his voice. You know he brings you peace. But in Galatians 6, verses or Galatians 1, 6 through 9, it says, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there's some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we, which, which we preach to you, let him be accursed. For we've said before, so now say I again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what... Uh, you have received, let him be accursed. What am I saying? Whatever God leads you to do, it's going to line up with the gospel. It's going to line up with the New Testament. It's going to line up with your covenant with him. And if it doesn't line up with your covenant, if it doesn't line up with the New Testament, if it does, doesn't line up with what you know of the gospel, then, you know, Paul used really strong language. He said, let him be accursed. 
You say, well, I don't care, you know, but an angel appeared to me. Well, you know, I believe that happens. Angels appear. I believe angels are in this room. Your angels are fellowshipping with my angels. They're having a good time as they come to church. They're, they're feeling the joy. They're saying, yeah, we got to express the joy in this congregation. But I'm telling you, even if an angel comes and tells you something that doesn't line up with the Bible, let it be accursed. I don't care how supernatural. I don't care how many goosebumps you've had. I don't care if your hair, if you have hair stood straight up on your head. You say, I don't care. It doesn't line up with the gospel. I'm not taking that. Stay safe, folks. Stay safe. Following the Spirit of God is what puts life. It's what puts life in the message of faith, okay? You know, we've preached the message of faith here for, for many years. I've preached it for 40 years. But it can become hard, legalistic, rigid, you know? It can become a set of rules, of do's and don'ts, of formulas, but I'm telling you, what puts the life into it is following the Spirit of God. Okay? Oh, you know, if I, if I stand on one foot and one hand up five times and, and speak this confession 15 times, it'll happen. No. You need to follow the Spirit of God. You need to hear Him and obey Him. Hebrews 11.29 this is a strange scripture for me to put in here, but Hebrews 11.29 in the Message Bible, it says, by an act of faith, Israel walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. How many think that was an amazing thing? How many think they were following God when they did that? But the Egyptians tried to do it, and they drowned. You can't follow what worked for somebody else. You can follow principles, but you can't, just because God showed somebody else to do something, you need to hear God for yourself, folks. Are you out there today? The Egyptians, you know, I know there's all kinds of things in here, but the Egyptians tried to do what the Israelites did, and it didn't work for them. You need to do what God is showing you. John 7 and 1. You see, walking in faith and walking in authority, you know, it needs to have wisdom. And, and, and we can't get goofy with the things of God. In John 7, 1, it says, After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he didn't want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Interesting. Jesus used wisdom in his ministry. Did you ever think of that? That he used wisdom? It says that after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he didn't want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Well, why didn't Jesus just go up there and say, hey, I'm the son of God? He used wisdom. You know what wisdom is? Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Follow him. You can know his voice. You're his sheep. His sheep hear his voice. I'm winding up. John 10, 4. I'll read this maybe the first time here. It says, when he brings out his own sheep... He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, 
for they know his voice. For they know his voice. I was talking with, um, with Kara recently, Dana and I and Stephen, I guess, were, was there too. And we were talking about when we came to uh, Menominee, when we left the church that we're with in Minneapolis and made the, the trek to Menominee, and, and uh, you know, when we did that, we, we didn't know we were coming to Menominee, but the first thing we knew was we were going to leave the place we were in. And we we're going to go somewhere and start a church. That's as much information as I had. And Dana and I, you know, were in agreement about it. You know, it wasn't something we ran, you know, just, well, let's just go do this. No, it was something we prayed about for literally years. And it came time that we were going to do it. We knew we had to act. We knew that, that if we didn't act, we were, we were going to be missing God. We had to do it, okay? And so we took our kids. We thought, you know, this is going to be a challenge to tell our kids this. So we took them to a, a restaurant because we figured if they were in public, a public place, they couldn't, they have limited reaction. And we took them to their favorite restaurant. Kids, you should always wonder when your parents are taking to their favorite restaurant. But anyway... It, it was this place called the 50s Grill in, in, in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. And, and they, they sat in the booth, you know, the, the booth behind, you know, in, across the table from Dane and I. And as we said what we had to say to them, simultaneously they both threw their heads back with such force that it almost knocked the, the booth over. But, but uh, we were just glad we were in public. And, and uh, we finally, when we got home that, that, that evening... Uh, Kara said to us, she said this, she said, she said, I don't want to move to Wisconsin. Now, let me tell you something. Nobody had mentioned Wisconsin the entire evening. Nobody had. We said, what do you mean go to Wisconsin? You know, that we didn't, we never said that. We don't know where we're going. And, and right away when Kara said that, Casey, who is a year and a half younger, she, said, she piped in and she says, yeah, the Packers cheat. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but, but in any case, that's what they said. And, and, uh, but we found out that Kara had been at school and she was at, you know, she was at, we had him in a Christian school. And they'd had a, a chapel that day, and, and in the chapel, somebody came and, and, and prayed over them and put their hands on their forehead, and when that happened, she fell on the ground, and, and God spoke to her. I guess I'm telling this to tell you this. Kids are sheep, too. Kids can hear the voice of God. And, and sometimes, you know, as parents, I'll just say this, we need to keep our ears open. And, and, and she says, when she was laying on the floor, God spoke to her. Before we could even take her out to the 50s grill, before we could break the news to her, God spoke to her and said, your, your parents are going to tell you that you're, we're moving. We're, we're, we're leaving the church we're in, and we're going to start another church, and, and we're going to Wisconsin. Now, I, I could have saved myself a lot of trouble if I had just taken that down right then, because it took me weeks before it became clear in my heart that that's where we're going, is Wisconsin. But things fell together. Here she is, like, oh, I think 11 years old. And God, at school, I guess these are the kinds of things that should happen at school. God was real. Lays her out on the floor. Says, you're going to be moving to Wisconsin. Now, she did, you know, come, 
cozy up to that idea as the as the years went by. But change, yeah, cozy up. Change, any, any of us can resist change. As change happens, God is faithful. He'll lead you. He's not leaving you on the side. He's going to speak to you. He's going to lead you in paths of green pastures, make you lie down in green pastures. He's a good shepherd. He's a good shepherd. One of the great expressions Jesus gave us of who God is, is he is a good shepherd. And he's good to you.